Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays, is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Hey, it's still incredible that Pokushevsky is the king of the down-to-dine intro. <laughs> I mean, the picture with the red um, suit, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. He's, he, he looks kind of so, <laughs> so skinny, like, so incredibly skinny. Oh, like, so skinny. Like he did in the last picture that uh, was uh, on the internet, like he seems... Exactly yeah. the same. Uh, He's too very bad. thin. Yeah. By the way, that was a joke. If anybody doesn't understand what jokes are, they're supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be funny that he's still so skinny. No, I think. I mean, it's just hard to tell. I think yeah. that he. I. I guarantee you, the thing about that that I know about Poku is that he's really putting in the work right now. Yeah. Whether that pays off or whether that equals he adds this much muscle or adds this much weight or whatever it means, like we don't we don't know that. But I know for certain that this dude, like all he does is play basketball. All yeah. he does is try to get better, which is really exciting. And it still doesn't guarantee you anything with him, mm-hmm. with you know, as far as becoming a great NBA player. But he's at least I th- I think that one I think being in Oklahoma City really helps that cause. But then two I think that he really does want to be a good player. So that that helps quite a bit. And also, so it's, it's exciting to think about. If I ask you, would you prefer him being 10 pounds stronger or 10% more accurate on three-pointers? I mean, to me, it's not even a question. Who cares about the muscle that he has in year two? Oh, I can't hear you now. Maybe oh, it's just this? me. Yep, yes. Sorry, no, that yes. was me. That was me. I'm, I'm, I'm off my game. I've been, I've been gone. I've been... In the woods for for a solid up in the woods for several days. Um, so here's another reason why we shouldn't care about the weight is because he's a wing. Yeah. You know, like, this is not we're not talking about a guy a seven footer that's going to play center or that down the road like this will be the starting center for the Thunder. Who I, knows? I I feel like I kind <laughs> down of down the road. I mean. Maybe down the road, but yeah. man, for now this this is a wing. He's yes. a wing, and yes. he may be able to switch and guard some really skinny centers at yeah. some point. He does have a really strong base, and Sam Vecini piped in on, in my in my mentions and said that his legs look way bigger to him, yeah. and so that will help with that. Like that will help just having yeah, that base. Please, helps. Sam, you already raised all our expectations so much. On Pogoshevsky, he and he's keep doing it. Why? Like, he loves him, man. He loves yeah, him. I know. 
Sam, Sam and I have been doing videos for the athletic, uh, on our, on the athletic YouTube page on different prospects. And we just did one that was released yesterday on Alpern Shangun. And we talk a little bit about Poku and Shangun's fit together. Mm-hmm. So you should go, uh, go watch it, listen to it, leave a comment, press the like button. That would be great. Yeah, I mean, those videos are, are great. I mean, uh, it's uh, it's just good to have all that content out there. And the fact that you are able to do it with Sam, it's uh, it's incredible. It is I so, mean, he, it is he, so he, weird, he knows man. it all. <laughs> he knows so much. Sam is so smart. I feel a, <laughs> I'm glad that I am just throwing stuff at him because I feel like, oh, my gosh, like I cannot believe that I'm doing these videos with Sam Vecini. This is a, unbelievable. Um so the the NBA draft, we're almost a week away, McKellar. I think we're ten days away from yes. the the NBA draft. Uh, one, you need to make plans to join us at Fassler Hall. It's in Midtown OKC, and it's a big, giant location that will host all of us down to dunkers so be sure to join us we will be there at 6 p.m maybe even earlier if you want to get there earlier fine by me and we will be there throughout the entirety of the draft the thunder have lots and lots of picks in this draft so i think the excitement should last pretty much the whole time at least through 35 i mean that's Mm -hmm. it's a it's a big deal even to have those picks those are Lots of really good players have been picked in that range in, yes. the, in the early 30s. So, And I think this draft has the depth for it to matter. Mm-hmm. So from 6 to 35, just come enjoy yourself with us at Fassler Hall. It should be super fun. Uh, our buddy Bangelope is going to bring name tags. And on those name tags, we want you to write your Twitter handle or maybe perhaps your YouTube handle or name or whatever it is on there so that we know who you are. And uh, I think it'll be super fun. I'm just really excited. I'm excited we can all be together uh, that night on such a, such a fun event. And we've held these events before where it's just been the 21st pick or the 24th pick or whatever it is. But now, like, this, this means something. This is high stakes, McKellie. Yay. This is a big deal. Um, so join I'm so us. Sad join us. They can join. Um, oh, I'll try to join virtually, if possible. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. Through the power of the internet, we may bring you to the draft party. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be in my house in the mountains with uh, my wife sleeping. So it will be kind of um, a terrible situation where I, I, ri- I will risk my life <laughs> to be there. <laughs> but hey, priorities. That is. Um, That's right. So. I'll try to be there. That's right. Uh, be sure to check out theathletic.com. You can go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk to get The Athletic for $3.99 a month. Get all the content for for that. And then you can also listen to, we're going to start releasing some more bonus content on The Athletic uh, NBA show feed. And one of those is, I think I'm going to release it tomorrow, is a beat writer mock draft that I'm hosting. Wow. And you can get it on the Athletic app, or you can get it on if you're subscribed to the Athletic Podcast Plus. So those are the two ways you'll be able to listen to it. So I I did a short pod with every beat writer that works for the Athletic, one through ten, 
We talk about who's available, who they could pick, what the teams would want in trade. So like everybody's intrigued about the Cavs. Uh, I talked to Kelsey Russo, who covers the Cavs, and we talked about what it would take for a team like OKC to get the third pick and what she thinks that would look like. Uh, there was a, a trade offer from the Raptors to OKC during this that uh, would is interesting. So be sure to listen to that, whether you listen to it on the Athletic app or uh, Athletic Podcast Plus. It just I think it's a dollar a month to subscribe to it on your Apple Podcast app. So that's how you'll get it. And once you're subscribed, it will just come. All those will just be in your feed. And if you're not subscribed, you will see it in your feed, but you won't be able to listen to it until you click it. So um, until you subscribe, so check that out at the Athletic. And then I know Sam Vecini's got a ton of stuff this week. That's he has his, his guide. I, I'm looking forward yeah. for it. Like um, yes, it's supposed to be out this today, is, tomorrow. On I don't it's know. It's gonna be out. I, I believe it's gonna be out tomorrow. Wow. It's a it's a book on the NBA draft. That is so. Insane. It's so great. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, I believe this was released today on the Dringers, the the Dringer, the Ringers draft guide. Man, I am so off my game. Uh, so th- they offer some friendly suggestions for players that OKC might take mm-hmm. in this draft. And so they have everything lined out here. The Thunder have, I've been saying 35. Man, I am... I am losing it, McKelly. It's 36. So they have 6, 16, 18, 34, 36. I don't know why I keep saying 35. Because maybe going, they will trade back nuts. from 34 to 35 just to make you happy. There we go. I'm I'm I, I need a I need a break after after the draft. I need a, a break. <laughs> uh but I'll tell you three of the guys that they have on here. Mm-hmm. Uh Jalen Green, Kai Jones, and James Booknight. And I think those are all very interesting suggestions mm-hmm. for OKC. Uh, Kai Jones is is a really interesting swing yeah. for the fences big man. So uh, that one to me makes total sense. Yes, yeah, Jalen Green is going. Yeah, I like Kai Jones. I I would actually, if they took him at sixteen or eighteen, I would not be super upset with that. Do you think he's there at sixteen? I don't think so, but maybe. Mm. I I think that from. Seven to twenty. I don't know what will happen. Like I, re- I really, really don't. Yeah. So I would, I would be surprised if he was available, but um, I also wouldn't be surprised to see like Davion Mitchell there. Yeah. Uh, or he... see da- or to see Davion slip to even fourteen. Maybe the maybe the Warriors get him on their second go around. Yeah. Him. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. It's so flexible uh, with all the picks and with the fact that there are tons of scenarios in which the Warriors can trade back or can trade up. Um, I, I don't see them drafting 7 and 14. I see them moving somehow, either getting some yep. proven veteran help because they, they have a legitimate shot to make the finals next year, um, especially if Clay is back and he's healthy. I mean... They were playing bad lineups. Like they, they were playing Toscano, Anderson, and Mulder in a playing tournament. I mean, yep. Um, there is a world in which they try to to trade up 
with Wiseman and seven pick, or with just like there are possibilities to trade up if uh, number six is someone who they like and OKC doesn't. Like something like mm-hmm. six and sixteen for seven and fourteen is not is not terrible for both. Yeah. So um, I don't know where they will be, but it seems to me that some player is sliding quite badly after they mm-hmm. rose uh, a lot uh, in the tournament slash after the tournament in the chat uh, someone said well why is Keon Johnson uh, sliding and why is Davion Mitchell sliding well because there are real questions about them um, to Lots me Keon Johnson both of them yeah, yeah Keon Johnson's uh, Keon Johnson he is a great athlete but if you if in four years he is where Diallo is today I mean I would be a little bit shocked but not terribly i mean there is a chance in which yeah. there is a world in which he never uh, is never able to be more than an athlete slash score but not really much else and david mitchell his age and the shooting those are like the shooting is not a sure thing if you want to to draft a shooter from baylor you don't you, yeah. you, you don't draft him <laughs> like sure like butler is a better yeah. shooter Agreed. i mean he's a better defender clearly but i mean uh, size he's six one maybe like he shut down Cade and that is true but he is three years older than Cade four maybe like age at that that time really matters like the the, the way in which you learn how to put the body on an, on, a, on another player comes with age it's not a natural thing the thing to do like it's it's not something that you learn at a young age you learn going through like seasons and and seasons and games where you see how effective um, how more effective you are if you really play hard so it's it's natural to me that those guys are kind of not as i as a few weeks ago yeah yeah i thought it was kind of crazy honestly that they were that high to begin with. Uh, I didn't I didn't quite understand it. There's there's some players that I've watched and it was really whenever we watched Keon and Jalen Johnson, mm-hmm. I wa- we watched them both back to back and there's some in some mock drafts are still pretty high. But after I watched them, I got and we had we tried to watch them in order just going backwards and I hadn't watched a whole lot else. Like I've seen like the a few YouTubes of everybody. But after I watched those two, I was like, oh, no, maybe this draft sucks. <laughs> like, that was my thought. Like Maybe this draft yeah, isn't any good. And then I start watching other guys, and I was almost like a sigh of relief mm-hmm. where like like Shangoon and Giddy and Garuba and Moody and Kai Jones. Yeah. And yeah. To like me, those are. Book Knight. Yeah. I mean, those, it was like, oh, oh. That, I was I was relieved after watching those those two, and then you see like the the group after them. It was it was relieving because I do think there's a lots of good guys in this draft. Yeah, and Book Knight is is an interesting you know is an interesting name out there. Um, my only counter, and we were discussing this um, before starting the podcast, is well, if you draft Jane Green. I mean, there is no mm-hmm. question in my mind that you can put him alongside Shade and Dort and any other wing that OKC has uh, because he mm-hmm. doesn't really need the ball in his hands at all times. And he's versatile enough. He's 6'6", 6'5", 6'6". He can play as a small wing. He has the game of a wing that can 
take uh, the ball as a catch-and-shoot shooter or on a out of a broken play, just make something happen. He doesn't really need the ball in his hands to be effective. Whereas Book Knight is a different different kind of guy. He needs the ball in his hands quite a lot to be effective, and he didn't didn't play uh, without the ball at Connecticut, like um, almost mm-hmm. like. And so I wonder if you have that player. Uh, maybe you say, well, I really want for him to spend a year playing off the ball just to learn. And if that is the case, okay. But I wonder about development time. And and, and this is the case for all the guards that OKC may get in the draft. Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. drafting BPA, it's it's always uh, important to me. But you also, you also need to be mindful about the time that you have. And, and like, because take Pokushevsky. If you give him zero minutes during the season, then mm-hmm. what is the point on drafting such a high uh, upside guy? Um, I mean, Steven Adams, they gave him minutes from the beginning. Now, the career arc was not the one that we hoped. Uh, but, mm-hmm. I mean, there was a time where in his career where Gobert or Adams, or Adams, that was a question. So, and, and this goes to say that like whoever you draft, you really need to have clear in your mind what is the development time that he has available. Because if you draft someone between 1 and 18, you don't necessarily want that guy to go through the G League and just get playing time there. It can be a partial solution, but not a full solution for me. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, it depends on who it is, mm-hmm. uh, and it depends on how old they are. If you're drafting a 21 year old, like they got, they got to play for the Thunder. They got to play with the big guys, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, if you're drafting an 18 or 19 year old, maybe. I, not- if they need it, you could. But the Thunder have proven, like with Poku, and they did send him down to the G League as much as they could. But they wanted him with the team too. Like they wanted him to play with the team. Steven Adams was a young player. When he played for the Thunder, yeah, they've shown that they want those guys to be with the Thunder if they think they should be, and if they're sent down to the G League a lot, it could be quite concerning. I mean, one of the only like some of the only guys I would think could benefit from it, like Keon, I think could benefit from it some. Mm-hmm. You know, from from being in the G League, uh, he will be drafted so high that a lot of those guys just don't go there. Uh, Jaden Springer is really young. You yeah, know, I don't think he's 19 yet. Uh, that guy could benefit from playing in the G League. Uh, Zaire Williams is not crazy oh, yeah. young, but he's he's under 20. And like, go go get some minutes <laughs> over there. Greg Brown, if they somehow ended up with Greg Brown, like Greg Brown might be a G League player only. You know, there's there's the possibility of those types of scenarios. Uh, I had a question posed to me from uh, a colleague at The Athletic about the uh, the pick with the Orlando Magic. And 
I just want to get your thoughts on it. If the Magic offered five for six and 18, would you say yes? Um, well, if uh, that question, I think, uh, implies that OKC is interested um, in a guy that is there. And, and this means also that OKC probably is okay with not drafting Kuminga. Um, if that is the, um, the, the hypothesis there, then I would say yes, in a heartbeat. Like if mm-hmm. Barnes or Suggs are there. And, oh, if it's Suggs, it's just like, that's a no-brainer. But it seems to be either Suggs or Barnes. Like I don't see then, any other guys there. Yeah, it's that's who, that's who it would be. And... I tend to think, I mean, I would say yes, mm-hmm. because I think I would rather have th- those two over Kaminga or whoever else is possibly available. Well, I mean, lots of guys are available there, but whoever else is available at six, I think I might just rather have Barnes or Suggs there. Yeah, and they're and those are and they're more safe. Like those are those are much safer picks than trying to take a Jonathan Kaminga. Or a Shangun or somebody or Josh Giddy or whoever else you want to take a swing on. I mean, it's much safer to take Suggs and Barnes. And they're also those are guys are also swings to a yeah. degree. Yeah, to me the only counter to that is say that Suggs is not there. And yeah. you're higher on Barnes compared to Kuminga, but the evaluation that you have mm-hmm. on Barnes, the grades that you have on Barnes are not too dissimilar to the ones yeah. that you have on Moody, Giddy, on or guys like that, then I would really yeah. try to say to see if there is a possibility to say, well, um, is there a way for me to get eight from the from the magic? Uh, even maybe trading yeah. um, something else uh, on the in the future and drafting some drafting Moody and, and Giddy, something like that. I don't know. Do maybe they give you thirty three. Yeah, something, something that, that they like, or doing seven and fourteen, and then trading fourteen and sixteen, uh, something around those yeah. lines where you, in some sense, you 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 don't have to you, you draft two players that are in the top twelve instead of one in the top twelve and the other in the late teens. That I think is reasonable, mm-hmm. especially the, it, mm-hmm. it depends a lot on your grades on, on Barnes because I I I, I accept like uh, an assessment where you say well Barnes is in the same ballpark as Giddy and Moody as a prospect I don't see yeah. it with Suggs I really don't I see Suggs as a second best player in this draft and to me is not yeah, particularly close um, yeah. but um, but with Barnes I, I can see that yeah yeah I, I agree I think it from Barnes and Kaminga all the way down it's just like what do you like mm-hmm you like a guy that has potential as a shooter and score, then you probably should take Moses Moody. If you like a multi-tool defender that's going to be the heart and soul of your team and may or may not develop a jump shot, like Scotty Barnes, that's your guy. If you want the highest upside swing followed by maybe the lowest floor of anybody in the draft, like Jonathan Kaminga, come on down. You know, there's everything. If you want a big guy that can score as a role man, as a guy that can hit mid-range jumpers, that can score around the basket, that can dunk on guys, that has some passing juice in there too, like Shangun. Yeah. There he is. Yeah. You know, there's just so many guys that I don't think we know. I don't, 
one, I don't know that we really even know who's the best at the top of the draft. A lot of people like to pretend they do. But then I don't – I definitely, of this group, I, I think that it's a lot closer. I don't I don't think there's a distinct – everybody likes to, to have this distinct Scotty Barnes, Jonathan Kaminga tier. I don't think it exists, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I just think that it exists in – it exists in the group think of NBA Twitter is where it exists. And it exists in the group think of the mock drafts that are out there. But – I don't think there is a gap with between those two and the rest. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I was shocked to to listen to uh, Matt Penny uh, and Sam Vecini discussing Franz Wagner at six. Yeah, and, and 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 Penny is like just listen to him talking for like half an hour. The guy does this for as a job. He's a talent yep. evaluator, and so if he says mm-hmm. that. Wagner, for him, is a better prospect than than Barnes. You can you may agree or disagree, but at least you can you can tell that this is the the margin between the two players is narrow. He's not super high, and he has Kuminga higher. There are guys that says that like maybe Booknight is is there, maybe Moody, maybe Giddy. So it's yeah. um, it, it goes to say uh, that I mean you're right. There is I think that there is the top four. To me, at least, there is a top four. It is clearly different. Yeah. Even the, the like one and two to me are pretty separated. I I have no idea who I like more between um, Jalen Green and um, uh, why. Why, why the name of the big guy is slipping through my head right now? Mobley, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I don't know who I like the most. I think they are very close in talent and upside. But mm-hmm. like from four, from five to ten or to nine, whatever, there there are players to like. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Book night. There's a lot to like about James Book Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of things he didn't show at UConn. I mean, he had he had more turnovers than assists. Yeah, he had a Definitely extremely high usage yeah, rate. Yeah, and I, I, I don't. I wouldn't be mad about that pick at six. It wouldn't be what I would do. Mm-hmm. But I've gotten this wrong so many times. <laughs> so have so has every GM in the league has gotten yeah. this wrong so many times. But. If the Thunder evaluate him as the sixth best prospect, or even maybe even higher than that, then they'll take him, and perhaps it's true. Yeah. Because sometimes, sometimes not everything you see on the tape is like everything that a guy can show. Like we, like Russell Westbrook's like a key example of that. Russell Westbrook was like all defense, all hustle, you know, garbage points. Some some developing jumper there that you were like, there's no way I trust the jumper at the NBA <laughs> level. It's never going to happen for him. Uh, he's not a point guard. He's an off guard. Maybe he's a six man. Maybe he's Tony Allen. Like, we don't really know what he is. And then he goes on to be the best rebounding guard, triple-double machine, scoring machine, wins a scoring title. Like, if you if you told somebody during the draft evaluation – that Russell Westbrook is going to win the scoring title, you would get it laughed off the internet. Yeah, you can case. lose a job for that, like as an evaluator, yeah. if you say something like that. And I mean, this is this is probably going to be a very silly remark, and that is like trivial, but it's 
it's not really about what they are right now. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's about the improvement, and this is what you should look for when you evaluate a prospect. Like, is he improving constantly? Is he plateauing? And this is something mm -hmm. that scares me uh, about Kuminga, for example. Like, uh, sure. when Penny was discussing, he said, well, in college, uh, in high school, it was like a great score. So I trust him to be one at the next level. But the point is, he wasn't. Like, he didn't show development there. And, and to me, that is something that when I, when I try to evaluate players uh, as a random guy, not, 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 not a guy that does it for work, is finding right. improvement. And, and this is where time plays an important role. Like, it's not age necessarily, but like if you, if you improve step by step over your college career, over high school, through college or whatever, then I can mm -hmm. see like a, path, a pattern to be better. Uh, if you see a guy like plateauing and I say, well, he has good numbers. Like for me, Kispert, for example, Kispert is a guy that, yeah, he improved from year one to year two to year three, but he he consolidated himself in year four. He didn't really add like a lot of things. And so either you like Kispert as he is or projecting improvement is hard. You can, you can see him yeah. being as good in the NBA as he was in college on the things that he does best. But projected improvement to me is hard on Kispert. Um, yeah. So this was like a very weird sentence to say that I really value like the the the, the pattern that they they have in a, in a even in a single college career in a single college college year. Um, you mm -hmm. need to look for that with Shea, for example, and then I'll stop. You could clearly see the first part of the season where it kind of tested waters, and then in the second part of the season it was improvement game by game. That is a very good sign that you really take care of. It's not everything, but you really um, need to consider that as a very important stuff. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight? Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy! I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds! DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. And you look at guys like Evan Mobley, uh, and even Keon Johnson, like both guys got better in their yeah. individual seasons. Jalen Green got better Jaden Springer as the season went on. Like Springer. Yeah. Way better than some of that was health health stuff yes. with, with Springer. Uh Shangun. Shangun is actually good all season, but just had some strange circumstances with his team. And started taking on a leadership role as the season went on. Yeah. It became like the guy for them. Yeah. So like those are to me those things are 
those are also important to watch for. Davion Mitchell, like, won the title. Yes. <laughs> it's like the guy for the Baylor Bears. And that it was very significant. It makes, and then it makes you think about guys like Kai Jones, and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what this guy's going to be. I have no idea. That's terrifying. Uh, Zaire Williams, his year at Stanford was weird. The, I understand wow. the stuff yeah. at Stanford is weird, but like, there's like nothing there. Yeah. Like you go and watch it, and you just think, there is nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. James Anderson is uh, commenting that Book not only played 15 games. Yes. Yeah. That's that's also something. Mm-hmm. You know, he did play his whole freshman season, which is which is great. But yeah. The evaluation as this 30% usage player is 15 games. Yeah, which is It's not a lot so of games. So narrow. It's, it is tough. Like, this is really, really tough. Uh, even a guy like Sharif Cooper, who we're going to evaluate this week. Like, Cooper's a tough one. I mean, he put up great counting stats. I mean, he was 20 and, 24 and 8. Like, that's... Those are great counting stats. I don't care what school you play for. I don't care yeah. who you are. There's nobody else in the draft that put up those numbers. Nobody. Nobody else did it. He did it, but and, and it is probably has the best handle and the is the best passer in this like he's probably the best mm-hmm. out of anybody in the draft. But there's he has so many deficiencies that you're just like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> like that's how I feel when I watch him. I may I say that to myself. Yeah. Uh, there's just, there's so many things to look at. And like Josh Giddy, like six foot eight can really pass. I can finish. Like you know this, like, and he may, he's going to have triple doubles as a rookie if he gets the time. Yeah. Like that will happen. That will happen. He's, I mean, he's having passer. triple doubles in international play at 18. Uh, he want, I, if you talk about, there's, there's guys that just want it. He he wants it. Like he wants to be the guy. He wants to win. He wants all of it. Everything you have, he wants it. And he wants to be the number one guy. And when I watch him play, and I see him just going for it, even as he's like, I mean, there was one play where he hit his head so hard on the floor because he was playing so hard. Uh, I was just like, wow. Like this guy doesn't care about anything but winning basketball. Yeah, he's games. an alpha. Which scares and, scares a little bit, scares me a little bit. But uh, on the other end, oh, it's, uh, I, it you, doesn't you, you scare me it. at all. I want it. I, I want him on this team because of that. And I don't know where he lands in the draft. I wouldn't be afraid to take him at six. I absolutely would not be afraid me to take neither. him at six. It's not um, my pick, but I, I I wouldn't. Again, to me, that is the 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 thing that I was saying before is if you somehow can get seven and nine and get moody and giddy i would be as happy yeah. as if they take kispert and barnes something like that yeah i think so too i think that having giddy and moody it's to me it's the same it's the same swing because we're not talking about jalen suggs we're not talking about evan mobley or jalen green or or Cade cunningham we're not talking about those guys Mm-hmm. Because if if it's if you if you have the chance to make those two swings like you said, where it's Kispert and Barnes, I, I would just take one. Give me both of those guys. Give me one of Suggs, Mobley, Green, or Cunningham. Just give me one. Yes, I just want one. And that's that's what's tough. But the 
also, <laughs> it's not certain because Josh Giddy could end up being the best player in the draft. Moses Moody could end up being better than Jalen Green. Like those things are possible because every year it's wrong. Every year we get it wrong. Yes. The NBA gets it wrong. The teams get it wrong. The draft evaluators get it wrong. Every single year it's wrong. Um, now, when a generational player comes through, like a Shaq, you don't get it wrong. When yeah. LeBron James comes through, you don't get it well, wrong. You, you, those you guys aren't here. get it wrong also in those times, sometimes, depending on... Like, if they don't go one, like if you're if you're evaluating Luka Doncic and you think that he's not the best player in the draft, you're wrong. Yes. You did it wrong. You may be wrong. Uh, there was a question uh, from Jack Ayello. Um, I hope the pronunciation is kind of right. Uh, where do you see, where do you guys see Giddy's ceiling being? Um, and he says, like a role player. I just, I think not the ceiling, ceiling is higher. I think that, that, not that ceiling. the good role like, I think that, yeah, yeah, yeah right. he's almost certainly a role player. So take Rubio today. Uh, what is Rubio for you? A good role player? An average role player? He's a good role player. A sweet man. <laughs> That's what he is. Um, you can say that he's um, probably average in this league. An average role player. He was better a couple of years ago. He can function as a slightly better player than an average one uh, in a specific system. I see Giddy mm -hmm. as his floor as to be a player like that. Because the passing yeah. is so great. The defense is good. He's very good. He he is not like a, mm -hmm. a super duper quick guy or an athletic one, but he really knows where to be and how to play. And so if you are if you have passing, defense and finishing ability, that is something that he was a crazy good finisher in Australia. Uh Lamella Ball was not a crazy good finisher. Like he, he was a much mm -hmm. better, and, and Lamelo just shot. I mean, the shot is different; it's more natural. I mean, you will pick Lamelo's shot over Giddy's every day of your life. But the results were really good, and in the second part of the season, mm -hmm. the jumpers started to drop for Giddy as well. So, to me, like yeah. if you, if you, like that is not the ceiling of a guy like Giddy. The ceiling of Giddy is a, oh. is much higher than a role player. He, yeah. He's like if you think if maybe Rubio is the type of ceiling that he has, but his attitude and his approach to the game is so different than Rubio. Mm -hmm. Like Rubio is so steady and happy, and he's just—I mean—he's so happy he's just floating around the court. <laughs> you know, he's not even like the competitive drive is not—it's—it's it's not that he's not competitive because I think he's absolutely competitive. Yes, but he's not—it's not the only thing he cares about. You know, and you can see it as he plays. Like winning is not the only thing Ricky Rubio cares Clearly. about. And that's fine. Clearly, that's fine. It is fine to be that way. Yeah. Uh, but that's Josh Giddy is different. He's just different than yeah. that. And I think the the comp is only good for for two reasons. One, like he's got good length and he's a great and creative passer with both hands. Yeah, I know. Like that's yes. yes, that's it, right? I I didn't. Mean and he doesn't shoot it. And he doesn't shoot it yet. Yes, is also the why the comp is there, and he's white, and that's why the comp. No, is no, there. no, it was not that, but uh, it was like passing plus defense. That was my comp, but uh, yeah, um, I'm not saying you in particular, but yes, I'm just saying like, yes in general. It's yes. just hard for it's hard for people to think past the color of people's skin when it comes to like yeah. cross comparisons. Yeah, I know. It's uh, he he plays like 
he will not be probably a full-time point guard from the beginning. Um, yeah. But he can act probably as a functional not. wing that can make stuff happen off the dribble and be the guy that, that as soon as he gets the ball, just he may be closer to a non-shooting Lonzo Ball in the first uh, year of his career. Um, yeah. Where a guy that can hit. Or like, or like Batum. Even yeah. to a degree, yeah, without a shot though, which is a bad yeah. player. I I realize that, but um, but he has like such a great vision and feel that I mean, yeah. Again, if you draft a guy like that plus Moody or plus Book Knight, um, I I've, I currently like Moody a little bit more uh, because of the fit, because of development time, and blah blah blah, because of defense, size, shooting, size, defense, blah blah blah, defense, Wings and then band. defense. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, uh, there is a lot to like. So, it's yeah. great. Um, shall we transition uh, uh, with this question? Is Lou Ceiling being Drew Holiday? I I would be I would be amazed, but um, Lou Holiday. Lou Holiday. No, 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 no. I mean that. What we're seeing from Drew Holiday is everything that uh, Smart Guy Twitter has been talking about for years with him, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In these last like three games, Saturday, it's just been Saturday was every insane. single thing. Like yeah. I was watching it. I, there was maybe one spot where I was at that had good cell reception, <laughs> and I stood in that spot watching it on my phone. Uh, I watched the whole fourth quarter standing there on my phone with uh, one of my buddies standing there with me, and it uh, it was astonishing. I don't if if that's loose ceiling, then that's really cool. Like I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, <laughs> that would be great. It, again, if this is the ceiling, uh, then you may wonder if he, if your timeline is a bit different. Because I mean, if mm-hmm. in three years, Ludo, in two years, Ludort is as good offensively. Like Drew Holiday, I know that he shot the ball poorly uh, during the playoffs, but he he can shot forty percent from three in a season. That is kind of yeah. different from what Lou yeah. is and defensively it's a lot different. I, I know that Lou yeah. Dort is a good defender he's a very good defender but the aggression <laughs> the the aggressiveness the, the like yep. he destroyed the Suns not by himself because Yanis did mm-hmm. amazing stuff Middleton was insane mm-hmm. um, and there was also a question that I answered on Thunder of the Dark that I want to uh, ask you as well like okay. saying that Cade's is Cade's ceiling is Middleton, to me is a little bit mm-hmm. too low. But if you if you're talking about this version of Middleton, then then there is something there. The the offensive part in terms yeah. of shooting, that may be a good comp. I see Cade being more of a creator than Middleton is, to be honest. Uh creator for others, yes. Yes. Definitely more th- more of a creator for others. The comp is not bad, though, because the the like athleticism questions, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's not bad. It's really not. If he's like a slightly better Chris Middleton, is that? Oh, that's a like. I mean, that's to me, that's like a very likely outcome. Yeah, right? maybe not the high ceiling for Cade. But a very likely outcome to me, even on the yeah, on, on think, the high side, though. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Which is, I mean, it'd be disappointing. 
Like he'll be good and he'll be efficient, and NBA Twitter smart guys will have to argue how good he is when everybody else is saying like he can't lead the Pistons to the second round. Um, that's all possible. Mm-hmm. It's all possible. It's tough. Uh, Cade is a tough is. There's not a lot of holes in Cade's game, but there's not a lot of like wow, you know, with Cade's game. Um, so it's tough. Uh, he's a tough prospect to to gauge for me. Mm-hmm. He's, I think he, I think he'll be better than Middleton, but also like maybe that's insulting to Chris Middleton. Well, if he's better than Middleton, then Detroit absolutely needs to draft him and just don't worry about any trade because if you yeah. if you can assure me today that he's better than Chris uh, is today, then he is the right number one pick. Because in many drafts, mm-hmm. you can you can draft Middleton with number one and being happy. Not in every draft. Um, yep. um, because in, like, Luka Doncic is probably, well, surely a better player than Middleton. But there are drafts in which if you draft Middleton yes. with number one, you can say, well, I had the number two guy on a, on a team that went to the finals and... And was up 3-2. Yep. Yep. This is true. Uh, let's go to the stream real quick. Uh, Hoopsock69 is here. Uh, Jack Ao says, uh, can we get your input on KOC saying the Thunder High on book night? Assuming the magic takes Scotty, how do you feel about it? Uh, we talked a little bit about that already. I... I don't know whether that's true or not is my answer. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know that KOC knows for sure if that's true or not either. So I don't know. He's got more NBA sources than I do. So I can't sit here and say that he's like some kind of hack or anything like that. Like I don't, I don't know. I just, I just actually don't know. Uh, Kyle Hibbert is here. Uh, Josh Smith is here. He wants to see us move up to three or four. That would be great. I would also like to see us move up to three or four. Uh, Tom Bystander asks, why is Kaminga all of a sudden not wanted? I would gladly take him at six. He's basically Poku of this draft when it comes to age. And he is a two-way player. Only He's only theoretically a two-way player. He's the only, only reason that you take him at six... Poku, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, I won't touch that. I won't touch that one. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I don't, he's, he's risk. And let's be clear. Poku is also a risk, but it's easier to take that risk at 17 than it is at six. Yes. So that's why. Yes. That's why. Did you see anybody taking Poku at six last year? Nope. Nope. He, that didn't happen. Did he have the talent to be picked at, um, 16 at, at, at six or seven? Yes. If you do a redraft, mm-hmm. you probably do. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Jake Arndt says that he prefers James Book Day. So, um, let's see. Um, Let's see. Josh Smith again. Joseph Leyland is here. He says the draft is so close. Ah! Uh, Nathan Creamer is here. He wants Bones Highland. Have you watched much of Bones? No. I haven't watched much of him, to be honest. No. Uh, Christos... Uh, from Greece is here. Alex Steele is here. Buster Nakamoto is here. Um, he says that Andrew flipping to Suggs over Cade still has me shook. 
I just I just am way more certain of Suggs, and I love him, yeah. and uh, he's great. We are not, we're not alone in my, this. My, like, listen to yeah. Sam and, and Matt talking about the fact that, for them, Suggs is clearly the number two guy. Like, it's mm -hmm. it's not necessarily the right opinion to have, but it's not, like, an uncommon opinion to have either, so. Yep. Uh, Jared Zarin is here. Uh, Travis Vogel is here. Mm, let's see who else. Poppin is here. He says he wants a Poku, friends, and Rocco big three. <laughs> He's too. not alone. James Anderson is here with us. Barrett Brown says that we need a down-to-dunk kids zone for the draft. So, Barrett, I am... I've requested that the entire night be all ages. So if you do want to bring kids, they're welcome to be at the draft party because of that. So uh, bring them. Uh, let's see. Crimson King. Alex Bullerjack is here. What's up, dude? Uh, Andy Robinson is here. He says if Kaminga is the only one left in the top six and they don't pick him, who do you think the pick is? It's I've had the sneaking suspicion it's Shangun this whole time. I don't have any other, I don't have information, but I just have the sneaking suspicion. That's what I've got. Who knows? Maybe the magic are in love with um, with Book Knight. And you just pick him at they five. They might be. And you pick Barnes at six or Suggs. That can happen as well. I think that yep. Book Knight and Moody and I don't see Shangun being picked at six. I would be extremely surprised. There is no value in doing that. Like, he's mocked in the late teens. Like, I am not we saying that... Who, we don't know who likes him, though. We just don't know. Yes. But mock drafts are more um, related to who teams like compared to what's, what's the real value of the player. So I would be surprised sure. if a team picks him if, if they pick Franz Wagner at six or Giddy yeah. or Moody or Book Knight I can see that because you, you don't really know what's between six and twelve six and thirteen and Franz Wagner I don't know I would not be happy about Franz Wagner at six no me neither I, I don't see it. but but he was a guy that was mentioned there so I think there are teams that are around it, like Charlotte, to yeah. me, that is a great team for Franz Wagner. He would be awesome there. Yeah, it's a nice fit. Um, yeah, it's a nice fit. So you, you don't know. Like, you cannot wait for him at 16. Whereas with Shengun, I think that there is a power play, like a trade to be made in around 13, 14, 12. I mean, say that the Spurs are on to Franz Wagner as well, and he's not there, and yeah. I say, well, maybe... 12 for 16 and 18 is a tough, tall, it's a tall price to pay. But if Shengun is your guy, yeah. then I would much rather draft a guy at six and then Shengun. I would, I, I mean, ESPN does have him at 16. This mm -hmm. is from a while ago. But if I would be pumped and also jacked if they had, if they could take him at 16. Yeah, there's a good pick there. That there is value there. It's a great pick. There's oh, it's, no, it's great value. Yeah. That is insane value. Yeah, but you can also me. package 16 and two for two second round picks and maybe a swap or something like that. 
um, yeah. if you want to go to 14, 13. I mean, there, there are teams where I yeah. think you can make a trade that would make sense. Yeah. You can trade Kenrich and then Williams. And the value is good. And then the value is good. Yeah. I'm just telling you, I just have the seeking, sneaking suspicion that Shangun will be on the Thunder. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would, I would love to have him there. Just please extract value out of that pick and not yeah. like picking at six. Yeah. Like, just I don't know. I, I just know that I just know the Thunder aren't afraid to do what they want to do. I know, but they didn't. That's all. They I didn't know. trade like too much. They traded to get Poku at sixteen, not at ten. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I hope they don't take him at six. Yeah. Um, James Anderson thinks that Moody has a Middleton upside. Yeah. See very possible. That to me is an absolute seeding for Moody. Yeah. I love Moody as well. James, I'm with you. Yeah. I really like, I really like Moses Moody. I would like for him to be on the Thunder. I would like for uh, him to okay. be on the Thunder and being as good as Middleton as well. I would love that. <laughs> I'll take both. Yeah. Please. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in to the show. If you are listening on YouTube, we thank you for subscribing to our YouTube page. I think we crossed 2,000 YouTube subscribers. Uh, Let's get that to three. Let's bump that up. If you're listening to this pod right now, open up your YouTube app, search down to dunk, hit subscribe, like and subscribe, smash that subscribe button, do all those things. Uh, be on the lookout for the athletic uh, beat writer mock draft. I've been working a long time on this. I'm ready, I'm ready to be done with it. I'm ready to let you guys listen to it. So go check that out. We'll have another pod for you Wednesday with Alex Spears and Alex, or McKellen. We have one more pod between now and the draft. One more wow. for you and me. That's it. So we should talk finals. Ready next Monday and draft. Yeah, yeah, it'll be, we'll have a champion also next Monday. Wow. Be great. <laughs> All right, thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you guys again. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.